Hey drivers, have you thought about becoming your own company? Have you thought you'd like to get your own authority and DOT number, but you just don't know how to go about doing it? Well, call J.J. Keller and Associates. They can help you get the proper registration and credentials that you need to operate legally. They protect drivers from penalties and out-of-service orders as a result of not having the proper authority. They save drivers time by filing their paperwork and ensuring everything is correct. Drivers, they also help you with unified carrier registration, USDOT and MC numbers, MCS 150 updates, year-around authority monitoring, and plenty more. Drivers, if you're looking to become your own company and you want your own authority number and DOT number today, call J.J. Keller & Associates at 888-601-2017. That's 888-601-2017 and tell them Talk CDL sent you. Thank you. All right, Ruthann, we are, I was going to say we're live, but we're really not live. We're actually in the recording studio here in Homosassa Springs, Florida, Talk CDL. We actually have an interesting guest on today. Mm-hmm. His name is, what is his name, Ruthann? Rodney Timms. Rodney Timms, and he is the actual founder of? Western Flyer. I think it's Western Flyer Express, or is it just Western Flyer? Um, I don't know. I always just called it Western Flyer, so I think Express is behind it. Yeah, he founded the, I believe he founded the company in 1996, but his his bigger goal and, and I, I believe his son is running the company now. They had, I, I looked them up. I think they have like over 1,100 trucks, okay, which is a, a pretty healthy-sized company. But uh, the his big goal is uh, he's a big advocate for child abuse, mm-hmm. and he wants to come on and talk about it. And he had been emailing TalkCDL through LinkedIn um, several, several times, and, uh, you know, we uh, try to get everybody on, and it caught my eye uh, what his what his uh, passion is. He's a trucking company owner. I believe he said he drove over the road for a few years himself, which is always nice to have the owner, you know, know where the drivers are coming from. Right. Right. And so we, uh, I thought, you know what, let's let's bring him on and see how this show goes. So uh, we're going to call him here in just about two or three minutes and see what he has to say. He, um, he's also been in like overdrive magazine and so forth too, for his writing. Do you have any of his books right there? Like, I know he said he wrote a few books, mm-hmm. you know, and now, now here's my guess. You know, uh, he's written a few books, but more importantly, um, you know, it's, it's, it's his passion. I don't know if he, you know, has something, that really drew him to this cause. And I want to kind of get into the heart of it, um, but I'd like to plug his books. I'm, I'm sure the guy doesn't need the money, you know, if he, if he's the owner of an 1100 truck company, <laughs> you know what I mean? So my guess is his, his, his heart is just wanting to get a message out there. And, and so I'd like to, you know, get him on the show here and, and uh, let's, let's hear what he has to say. Yeah, I have, I do have some of his books, but it would be cool to have him say them too. Okay. Do you have like, do you have at least one or? or? Contract killer. Contract killer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I'll, we'll have to get into that then. I have no idea. Is that something to do with child abuse or? I don't know, but he has My Three Angels. I think that one was his first one and Calling All Hearts. Calling All Hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I when I was looking them up the other day, I noticed one of their trucks had a giant uh, advertising on the side of the trailer and it was all about, you know, with child abuse and mm-hmm. you know so if, if if this is something that touches your heart please please tune in and listen to this week's uh podcast with rodney timms we're gonna go ahead and dial his number we'll just let it fly ruth i'll let you take over here in a second let me just turn the thing down we always turn we always dial somebody's number and then the mixer picks up the the guy going hello and it blows our ears out so i'm gonna turn it down a little bit and here we go Hey drivers, are you looking for a new job or are you looking just to become a new lease driver? Well, NCI offers new Kenworth T680 double bunk condos with APU and refrigerator, all standard in all of their equipment. Come aboard and become a lease operator or you can become a company driver. NCI offers regional positions, over the road positions, team positions, and also NCI will take on a few students if you've graduated from a trucking school. Pick up 
up the phone, check out NCI, and see if they have what you're looking for at 888-311-7076. That's 888-311-7076. Hi, Rodney. Yes. Hi, this is Ruth Ann with Talk CDL. How are you? I'm fine, ma'am. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I have Troy here with us, and we're going to go ahead and... Just do a quick mic check. Yeah, just do a mic check. So just count to 10 for me. Count to 10? Yes, sir. Okay, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That sounds like it's good right there. All Perfect. Right. Perfect. How are you doing today, Rodney? This is Troy. I'm good, Troy. And you? Uh, I'm pretty good. We've been talking back and forth on LinkedIn. I've already, uh, before you came on, we already kind of did a little introduction on you. You were actually the founder of Western Flyer Express. 1996 is when you started the company? Yes, yes sir. And the I guess you, you, uh, you uh, have since let your son take over, and you're out doing other things right now. Is that what we're doing, or...? Exactly. That sounds awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Rodney. You're, you you uh, you founded the company. Were you in trucking before uh, you actually founded the company in 1996, or did you just kind of uh, see a, a good business adventure and, and uh, go for the trucking industry? Well, my dad was a truck driver, and uh, then he started his, <clears throat> his own trucking company. He had about five trucks. And I fell in love with them old trucks. And uh, you hear uh, drivers say all the time, once you get that in your blood, you can't get it out. Well, it's true. It is. It, once it gets in your blood, it kind of just stays slopping around yep. in there, right? Yeah, we have, right. Diesel, we have diesel in our veins here, Rodney. Um, so did just uh, while it's on my mind, did your dad actually get to see the dream of, of Western Flyer Express? Did he live long enough to see that? Uh, no, sir. Okay. <clears throat> he... Uh, my dad <clears throat> was very abusive to me, and like I say, I fell in love with the old them old trucks. I didn't really uh, care for him a whole lot, but he died when he he just turned 54 years old when he died, so mm. uh, he wasn't around very long. Uh, I still have the last truck he drove. I I uh, had a model made of it and actually sold the truck because it was so junky by then. But uh, we've started we started our own company, me and my son, and uh, started actually started in 1990 and then went bankrupt in 1995 and started over in 1996. We started over. We had when we filed bankruptcy, we had 35 trucks. When we started over uh we had five trucks uh, truck values were so bad back then that uh the finance company told us on those five said look if you've got any hope of making the payments keep them for 90 days we're getting so many repos back we've got no room to put them if you can't make it 90 days call us and we'll come get them then but we just don't have room for them so we took those five trucks and we couldn't buy any traders because we didn't have credit. So a friend of ours believed in us and bought us traders and leased to them. And I went to the bank and borrowed uh, $17,000 and we restarted it under the name of Western Fire Express in September the 16th, 1996. And today we have uh, somewhere around 900 trucks and 2,200 trailers. Well, that's 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 awesome that you're able to come up out of there. But during this whole time, you um, had struggles of your own personally that you're getting through and created another outlet, correct? Exactly. Uh, um, like I said, my dad was abusive uh, when I was in my early teens. I guess he decided I'd live long enough and he tried to beat me to death and he came close, but I'm still here and he's not. But uh, it was a bad deal. Left home uh, right after that and I was, by the time I was 16, I'd, I'd met a girl, we got married, and my son was born a few months later, and so I'm just 16 years older than my son, so uh, we've kind of grown up together. So talk to us, this is your, this is your passion, um, child abuse, and you know, you had written in about, about that, you've written a few books, was it all on child abuse that you wrote the books? All the books that I've written are about child abuse in general, and my story of going through it and uh, almost not making it. Uh, my first book is titled My Three Angels. Second book is titled Contract Killer. By the time I was 17 years old, 
Uh, I really thought I wanted to kill somebody for what I'd been through. And, and you won't understand that if you've never been through it. Anybody that's been through it as bad as I went through it understands that completely. And people tell me all the time, so don't talk about that. It scares people. And I said, well, it already scare, scare them and scare them bad because we're creating in our homes this very day what I refer to as homemade killers. You abuse a child long and hard enough, they want to kill, and they wind up doing that in most cases. Mm-hmm. Is there, Rodney, is there actual, say, signs that, you know, our listeners can be watching for, um, you know, maybe their neighbor's uh, child may be being abused, maybe uh, a family member, a cousin, an uncle, a brother, just something, a sign that, you know, because I'm sure that the families try to hide that stuff. Oh, yeah. It was very well hidden in my family. And in fact, my dad told me and my two sisters that if we told anybody, he'd kill us. And he had a way of convincing us that he would do it. So, uh, and my sister suffered a little bit of abuse, but not near what I did. But the signs that people need to watch for is a child that's uh, withdrawn from everybody, very quiet, and uh, oftentimes wearing clothes out of season. Like I used to have to wear long sleeve shirts and pants during the summertime to hide all the bruises and I couldn't couldn't ever go swimming because uh, my parents were afraid somebody would see the bruises and my mom never stepped up and did anything about it and the fact that the night that he tried to kill me was on the side of a highway in southwest Oklahoma and my mother and two sisters had a front row seat and watched it happen and uh, my mother never did anything in fact we went on to Weatherford Oklahoma where he was working as a mechanic at the time for a trucking company, and uh, he had another guy that was staying in a trailer house where he was staying, and we lived in Hollister, Oklahoma. So uh, I heard him and my mother, because he beat me so bad, my eyes were swelled shut, I could see nothing. All I could taste was blood and, and was bleeding all over. But that being said, I heard him and my mother talk about, we can't take him in there because this guy was seen. So they covered me with a tarp and left me in the back of the pickup to sleep. Hmm. The next day when we got home, me and my mother and sisters, my mother sent my sisters in the house to get a quilt and they covered me and led me in by my arms so that neighbors wouldn't see me. Or if they saw me, they couldn't see what had happened to me. Mm-hmm. So, so did he ever get arrested at all, Rodney? Was he ever brought oh, no. in? To no, never... and here's, here's something critical that people don't know. Uh, they didn't come up with child abuse laws or pass any of them until 1974. Now, in 1974, I was 21 years old, so they wouldn't have done me any good. But now, let me tell you what they did in 1876, almost 100 years before. They passed animal abuse laws. In fact, the very first uh, people to be uh, prosecuted for child abuse had to be prosecuted under the animal abuse laws. Hmm. Wow. So they can they, the, the only way that they can charge someone with something is to put it underneath that form of a law until 1974? Well, it sounds like some right. smart lawyer figured out a way to press charges on somebody that he really wanted to prosecute, and so they used the animal abuse law to prosecute maybe the first couple uh, p- children, human beings that were being abused until they came up with the actual... Ch- you said 1974 was the first year for that? Right, was the first child abuse laws that were, were passed and put into effect. So, so Rodney, it's you know, it's it's horrible to hear that, but it's also an encouragement to see uh, a, a grown man that went through what you went through, but did not allow it to 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 you know put you out. You know what I'm saying? Like some kids, you didn't continue it into your adulthood, right? I'm sure you didn't abuse your kids. I'm sure you didn't let it. You know, and you may have had thoughts of suicide. I don't know where, like you said, if you didn't go through it, you don't know exactly how the person feels. And and I got to tell you, I didn't have abusive parents, so I don't know how you're feeling. I I have a lot of compassion for you, but tell us, at what point did you you say to yourself, I'm not going to live as an abused guy. I'm going to go forward and and become successful? Because obviously you got a great success story that came after all that stuff. Talk to us about that. Well, the, the, the fact is I almost didn't make it. Uh, I will say this. The girl that I married, her parents were uh, the total opposite of my parents, and they were an example that I got to watch for a few years there. And I just, they were such good people and so good to me and, and, and their daughter, which was my wife, that I thought I kept thinking to myself, why can't I be like that? But my internal 
uh, instincts was to push the other direction. Now, let me describe child abuse to you. When I was a kid, there were boys in, in the little town of Hollister would pin their dogs up and beat them day in and day out. Just beat them, beat them, beat them. They'd turn them out at night, and they would try to kill other dogs. They would attack the humans. I mean, they were all over people. And I said that one time, you can do the same thing to a human being. And my daughter spoke up and said, Dad, you're wrong. I said, well, honey, explain to me how I'm wrong. She said, humans have a choice. I said, honey, I'm so glad you brought that up. Let's talk about that choice. You know what's right, but because of what's happened to you, you have a push inside of you that you absolutely would not believe unless you've been through abuse of how bad it is to push you the opposite direction. Therefore, people need to understand that 80% of the murders in this country were committed by people that were abused, and that goes to 100% with serial killers. The fact remains that it's the leading cause of divorce, it's the leading cause of drug abuse, alcoholism, and companies lose about $585 billion every five years on people that have been through abuse because of uh, they don't show up at work. They can't get along with people. They have tremendous health costs because people that have gone through that have a lot more health issues than a normal person. And it's so bad and gotten so out of control in this country and so many people ignoring it, it's hard to get anybody's attention and say, hey, this is a problem. So at Attica, which is all truckers together against child abuse, um, we plan to put billboards across this country that have those statistics on it so we can wake up the American people to a serious problem. Now, it's been referred to as our nation's shame. I call it the cancer of our country because it's eating us up from within. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a retired U.S. Marshal last night, and I said, here's the deal. All the sex trafficking, all that stuff starts with child abuse. That's the seed for all of this to start. Now, if you eat an apple, you don't eat the seeds. Why? They're, they're made, and God made them that way because you, he don't want you eating the seeds so you can plant them and reproduce all the time. Mm -hmm. you, we're, we're destroying the seeds in our country by destroying our children. But that's, that's correct. And like you said, it's, it's, it's when you involve into any form of sex trafficking or any type of abuse to a child, that it starts all in that if you're going to molest a child or do anything, that is a form of child abuse. It, it just because it says it's a sexual abuse does not mean it's not an abuse period because abuse can come in mental, physical, and emotional. You can, right. you can damage someone in every form of that. And that's all a form of, of abuse because you're abusing your authority to that younger person or to an older person. You're abusing them. I went. To, I didn't go to counseling until I was 45 years old, and I thought, well, I got some things I really need to talk to somebody about that nobody's going to understand. So I went, and this, the lady told me two things. She said, I'm going to tell you a couple of things going to break your heart. Number one, I've been doing this for 40 years, and not one time have I got the abuser through my door. I always get their victims. And I, and I, I said, well, is I can't, I can't believe that. It's hard to believe. And she said, also, uh, I told her, I said, you know, as bad as I had it, I can't understand how children are sexually abused by adults. That does not make sense to me. I don't understand it. She said, you need to thank God you don't understand it because if you understood it, you'd be just like them. I mm -hmm. said, oh, thank God I don't understand it and never will. Mm -hmm. But then she told me, she said, look, I'm going to be real honest with you. There's the door. You have no reason to come back to me. You, you've dealt with your issues. You're making good progress. You don't need this. You have no idea what kind of victims I get in here and how messed up they are. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a shame. But there's a, when you started Attica, when did you start that? What, what year what's did that? A, what's the Attica stand for again? All, all truckers. All truckers together against child abuse. I want to I want to put that on our site. Mm -hmm. do you, now, do you have a Facebook page with that also? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, you know, there's, and, and Ruth, and we can go back to your question in a second. So there's uh, tr Truckers Final Mile. There's, um, what's the other one that we support, Ruth Ann? Tap. Tap. Uh, truckers Against. Um, Pedophiles. Pedophiles. Um, and um, we have a couple of them that we're advocating. Hunted and confronted. Hunted and confronted. And so so we can get Attica on there also mm -hmm. and uh, try to promote them forward for that. But you had a question about Attica. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to know when he 
was able to funnel all of that extra energy into creating Attica. Oh, so you're saying you want to know when he went from the abuse to getting help to turning it around and make it into something positive. Correct. Okay. Well, I start, actually started, my wife and I did about three years ago, and uh, there's a sad story that goes along with that. Uh, my state senator at the time, I'd been talking to him about some other issues with trucking, and uh, I was telling him what I wanted to do, and he uh, he said, I can help you, and he showed me a format where he helps people get elected and that kind of stuff, you know, how politicians are. And he said, if you give me $10,000, I start setting up the printing, I get the website going and all that. So I did, and uh, a few months later, you know, we're just kind of rocking along, not making any progress, and he uh, texted me on a Tuesday and said, I need to meet with you on Friday. I said, sure, 10 o'clock my office. Well, that night on TV, I see him being arrested for being caught in a motel in Moore, Oklahoma with a 17-year-old boy. Mm. So the ne very next morning, I called my attorney. And I said, you need to text this gentleman and tell him a meeting with me is now impossible. So uh, he took my money and uh, he took a lot of my, you know, hope that I was really going to get this thing off and started like I wanted to and, and kind of stymied me for the next few months. I, I was just at a loss as to why somebody would do that and try to use my organization as a cover for it. Just really broke my heart, to be honest with you. That's, that's... But we're up and running now for the last year. We've been going at it pretty hard. Yeah, that this this snakes. You know, I once uh, I sat with uh, the he was the president of Schaefer Trucking, um, and he was with uh, the Ackley companies. You know who they are. His name was Matt Stoll, and I sat in his office, and he said, "Troy, you could take everybody in the trucking industry uh, that's honest, and they'd all fit in one room." So yeah, it's it's hard to find people that don't have an agenda behind helping you, um, and hopefully that this is going to go forward and and create a positive impact i'm sure there's people out there listening right now that are that have gone through what you've gone through any advice to somebody like you said you were 45 till you actually went and realized listen i got a lot of stuff built up inside me that's just killing me i need to go and get it out i mean any advice is that the same advice you have to any of your drivers or any of the drivers out there listening or people uh that that maybe have a big buildup inside them from the same thing well, they need they need to get help, whether it be uh, secular or go to a good church. I spent a lot of time in church and realized there was a lot of there's a lot of things in the Bible that tells us how to live, and if we follow them, it, all this other stuff tends to mean nothing. And that's kind of the path I've tried to follow. I got a joke yesterday. It shouldn't. It's really not that funny, but it is is somebody talking to somebody and saying, don't try me. And the other person says, well, I thought you were a Christian. And then you, you speak up and say, yeah, I am, but I'm from the south side of the kingdom. <laughs> so so that, that's kind of where I was for years. And But, you know, now uh, uh, I think I, God's a big part of my life because I know I can't make it without understanding that he was here for a reason, sent Jesus here, and that book is a book of life, and that, you know, everybody wants to blame God when something bad happens, but he gave us that book and told us to follow it, and everything will be fine, and he told us there will be trials and tribulations, but be a good cheer for he overcame the world, and nobody wants to do that anymore. They just want it handed to them, and it don't work that way. You have got to do something to get something. Well, you know, I will add to what you're saying, um, what a lot of people don't understand, and you're right, if you would just follow what's in there, your life would be so much better. Um, people, yeah. what, for example, the word grace, a lot of people don't understand the word grace. If you look it up, it means the, the, uh, uh, the divine uh, inspiration on the heart and the reflection in life. And, and all that really means is, if, if you go to Titus, it says that the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men teaching. And so what people don't understand is grace teaches. And if you look at all those gospels, he taught us how to live peaceful, how to live with our neighbors and how to exactly. not offend others and to stick up for others. And I'm telling you, if you just follow those gospels, you can't go wrong. You're absolutely correct. And that's what I try to do. But you know, we are going to make mistakes. And he said, 
you know, we'll, I'll forgive you. That's why he sent Jesus to give us those second chances because he knew we'd make mistakes. He knew what this world would do to us. And if we could get the whole world, you know, Reba McIntyre and Lauren Daigle have a song out together. It's a remake of her, uh, Reba's original song, Give This World Back to God, is the most powerful song in the world as far as I'm concerned because that's what needs to happen. So, uh, and, and 100%, I, I, we don't talk a lot about the Lord on this show because a lot of people don't bring it up, but I'm, I'm glad you did bring that up. It's a, a great inspiration to us, and we feel great about, you know, maybe pushing Attica for you even more now. I got I got a couple more questions, though, cons- going back, if, you, if we can. Um, okay. Uh, as far as uh, your grandfather... I just want to see, was, was this a pattern back through your family that you broke, or was your grandfather not abusive to your dad? Do, can you talk about that at all, or do you know anything uh, about it? My dad's younger brother told me one time, and this discussion didn't last very long, he said, in all fairness to your dad, he was abused. And I said, listen, I know his story of abuse. It was by his mother. And I promise you, she didn't abuse him near what he abused me. But I don't ever want to hear that excuse again because as bad as he abused me i didn't abuse my children Mm -hmm. so i'm not going to say well i'm abused i have a right to abuse my children i won't do that i won't stand for that and then i've had people say this what was he drunk when he did it well yeah the night he tried to kill me he was drunk but i promise you he beat me more when he was sober than he did when he was drunk so you know it's like they want to excuse that person for doing what they did and there's no excuse for that Absolutely. And I, I say this all the time, uh, uh, abuse, there's no excuse. No, you're absolutely right. And and a lot of times in court, you know, they want to stand up and go, well, the guy was really treated wrong in his whole life. You know, his mom was a prostitute, right. da, 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 da. But, you know, let him off for these five murders. And a lot of times they're lenient over that when they really should realize one thing. There's an accountability age for every human being. When we get old right. enough, we know if we're right or wrong. And if we continue in wrong, then we honestly need to be facing the consequences for that. Um, right. Like your daughter said. Most people that have been abused can't get past that. I mean, the majority of people never get past it. It's, they struggle with it all the time. And it, it's not that simple to get past. And I tell people all the time, if I had a pill to cure it, I'd be a trillionaire. Because there, there's so many people been abused in this country, in this world, that they would be buying it as fast as you could produce it. But it's not there. It takes some effort on your part. And people just give up before they get to that. You know what? Like your, your your daughter said, there's a choice. That's what you have. And a lot of them don't. They just, they drown yeah. themselves in, in, in what happened to them and decide not to make the choice to be better. It's, and you got to understand now, the abused people, it's a choice, but it's not that simple. That push inside of them and the hurt from all of that is so strong that it keeps you from making the right choice. That's why most people don't make it. But you, I, I tell people all the time, listen, it's, it's not simple, but I promise you, if I made it, anybody can make it through it because of what I went through. I went through horrific physical abuse. It was crazy. Now, my dad's older brother sexually molested all three of his daughters, and I just found out from the oldest one the other day when I was visiting with her that my grandpa uh, on my dad's side tried to abuse her and one of his, his younger brother tried that. So I guess it's something that was bred into him or they had it or they, it was there. I don't know. I can't explain it. It's like pedophilia. I got no answers for that. It doesn't make sense to me. But it's, it's, it's getting rampantly turned loose in this country and I'm beginning to Uh, understand why it's driving people crazy just dealing with it so speaking of uh running rampantly uh do you have i'm gonna have ruthann look it up here in a second if you don't have it but do you have any like statistics like one out of five children are abused one out of four one out of two i mean do, do you do you know any of those numbers or not i don't know them off the top of my head but you can i believe they're on my website uh of course, I've been going through some changes on that, trying to get people. I had a company doing my website that was posting stuff without me approving it first, and they put some stuff on there that we can't do, and, and some other people started reposting it, and I'm like, oh, gee, you know, where'd that come from? Then I found out it's on my website. Hmm. So I'm kind of going through some changes, but some of that should be there. Now, let me tell you somewhere else to go. Uh, child help out of uh, 
uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale area out there. Uh, I spent a lot of time working with them. And you can go, I believe it's childhelp.org, and get all those statistics if they're not on my website. And I'm going to be using Child Help's 800 number. In fact, their 800 number, which is answered 24-7, is on the bottom of the page of my first two books. I was actually looking at those numbers and was going to say them. Um, but since you mentioned them, I can go ahead and, and put it out there right now. The um, National Child Hot Abuse Hotline is 800 for a child so it's really easy to remember, 800-4-A-CHILD. That's the National Child Abuse Hotline. And with the um, Child Help, their number is 480-922-8212. I just seen let, me give you, let me give you just a little bit of history about them. It started by two ladies that were actresses. And Ronald Reagan, they had done some work helping uh, some Korean children that were part American get adopted. Ronald Reagan approached them about handling or dealing with child abuse in this country, and they had no idea that child abuse was a problem in the United States. It just floored them to find that out. And they've done great work. They've been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize twice. Uh, They've had all kinds of national recognition by presidents, but they've done a wonderful job, and they're still alive both of them they're in their late 80s i believe and uh, very oh they have hearts like of gold and they all they've spent their whole lives after uh, i believe it was 1980 when he approached them for the last 40 years that's all they've done is try to help kids so i just pulled up some stats just, just in 2018 700 roughly 700,000 children were abused in the united states alone um and just under 700,000 were all unique abuses. It says here one out of seven, one out of seven children are abused in the United States. That's, that's some crazy numbers. It says here's the most common abuse in America is neglect. So neglect, this is ne- neglect is the most common form of child abuse followed by physical abuse, then sexual abuse, then psychological abuse. Like, you know, like you right. were saying, Ruthann, putting them down. You're no good. Right. You can't, you're right. not going to, you know, all that. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to see uh, what is really going on under our nose. And I'll be, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's something that hasn't even crossed my mind in years, child abuse, when you think about it. And and these are things that are just going on around us without even people even noticing. Uh, talk to us real quick, Rodney. Uh, you got any kids out there that are saying, that's me. How do I, how do I get help without tr- trying to turn my parents in? Because it just said that I think it was 76% or 90%. Let me just see. There was a number. It said that, oh, 76% of all abuse, all child abuse, was done by their own parents. So that means there's 24%, I guess, that are like uncles and and maybe just people that come in contact with your children. How does a kid turn their parents in without, you know, getting uh, uh, in trouble with their parents to where, okay, uh, they, they come and get, uh, uh, what's the word, Ruthann, investigated, and and then the parents end up convincing the 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 child abuse people. Oh no, nothing's going on here. And now that child's really in a lot of trouble. I'm sure that some of them were even afraid to try to turn their ki- their parents in. Well, like me and my sisters, we were scared to death to tell anybody about it. I finally got up the nerve to tell the preacher in the town. And he never did. I expected it to stop after that. That he would do something. He did nothing. Uh, the fact remains is they, there's several avenues they've got today we didn't have back then because they've passed laws now where teachers are responsible to make sure if that child's being abused and they suspect it to call authorities as well as your churches are the same way. Uh, all of that's out there. But if the, if the parents get investigated because the kid says something, they're going to know immediately that that's how it happened. So I don't know any way you can get around it without them actually knowing that the kid said something to somebody, even if they don't know it for a fact, they'll accuse that child and abuse them accordingly. The The fact remains, if it's bad, hopefully that child will be taken out of that home. You know, I, I tell people all the time they, to talk about how bad the foster system is. I said, boy, I'd sure like to have tried it. It had, it had to be 
better than what I went through. But right. then again, I don't know that. I've heard horror stories about that. I can tell you stories. I, you know, I recently talked to a retired U.S. Marshal here in Oklahoma. I'm uh, fixing to go talk to a former Texas Ranger in Texas about incidents that happened that I can share without mentioning names or mention them in it anywhere, but give people's examples of how bad it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrific. The, the gentleman here in Oklahoma uh, was the very first U.S. Marshal in the, in the United States to be assigned to this uh, uh, child sex trafficking and all that stuff that's going on and tied to abuse and all that. He was the very first one. He's retired now, but I, I spent a couple hours on the phone with him last night and he told me some stories, and um, I, I didn't sleep more than an hour last night, and I've been sick in my stomach ever since he told me that it would blow your mind, and I can't tell you and won't tell it publicly. It's just so disgusting that um, it, it would ruin you. You know what I'm saying? If you cared anything at all about people and children, this story would ruin you, so I'm not going to tell it not. I told him, he said, you can tell the story, just don't mention where it was and all that. I said, I'm not even going to tell that story. I don't see how I could. It'd make people sick. So there's some, he said, you know, and I asked him, I said, have you ever thought about writing a book about these stories? He said, you know, ever since I've been retired, I'm trying to figure out how to get it out of my mind because it's haunting all the stuff he's seen and what's going on in this world and knowing that it's getting worse. And he's a good, godly Christian man. But he said, I'm still struggling with trying to get it out of my mind. Do you think that when you wrote your books that that helped you with purging some of the stuff that, that, you know, in your mind? Well, I tell people all the time, that's the best thing I ever did. I write constantly. I'm a poet. Uh, I wrote my first poem in the first grade, and I could recite that to this day. I want to hear it. Huh? I want to hear it. Okay. The robins are robbing the nest. Call the cops and don't forget the rest. The cops are doing their best, but the robins are still robbing the nest. That actually is really inventive for a first grader. I thought it was, but, and then I didn't write for probably 25 years after that because all the turmoil and everything I went through, I couldn't, uh, I could not even put it down on paper. It was, I was 35 years old before I could tell my wife what I actually went through. And that's pretty sad, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. But I, I've probably written somewhere around 4,000 poems, and and I got a divorce, and most of those went in a bonfire somewhere. But I, the one book that's published by Trinity Broadcast Network is titled Calling All Hearts. It's all poetry, and it's about how an abused person feels, and then the only way through it is through Jesus Christ. And that's what I believe. And all your books, I... I, I believe when I was looking at them are all on Amazon for, for purchase. Yes. As well as our website, you can get them on our website. Okay. And that's a T T a C org. Yes. So Rodney, you, you also drove a tractor trailer. I mean, you own Western flyer, you uh, wrote books, uh, you've managed and did every, I'm sure you ran safety dispatch, you name it, you did it. So you drove over the road for a few years. Um, I, I think you had told us that in LinkedIn, did that help you being out there on the road or did that even drive you more crazy? Cause I was over the road myself. And when you're out there, you got nothing to do, but think. No, oh, I'm telling you, you know, I tell people this story. I, I hauled a lot of grain. I hauled a lot of flatbed stuff, but I hauled a lot of baled cotton out of Oklahoma into the ports of Houston, Galveston area down there. And I was trying my best to make enough money for me and my family to live. And I was back then, you know, a logbook wasn't really even talked about much less. You had to fill one out. And, uh, and that was late seventies, early eighties. But, uh, I was between Huntsville and Houston, Texas one time. And I had on a, uh, a nylon shirt and had it about halfway unbuttoned and I smoked back then. I was probably, um, I'm trying to think 25, 26 years old back then. I don't remember exactly, but anyway, I fell asleep and I, the cigarette fell out of my mouth, went down on my chest into that nylon shirt. If you've ever seen nylon try to burn, it just mats up mm-hmm. and it matted up and burnt me. And it woke me up, and I was in the ditch right south of Huntsville there on Interstate 45 with a load of cotton. Well, cotton, you only uh, chain it across the front end angle and across the back end angle, and then you tarp it. 
So it really comes off real easy. And I was down in the bar ditch with a load of it. And I managed to get that truck back up on the shoulder of the road. And to this day, I don't know how. And uh, I stopped it and didn't lose anything, one bale of cotton. But I remember going around sitting by the right front tire. And I sat down there and I went to light a cigarette. And I dropped four or five of them because I was shaking so bad from having to pull that thing up out of the ditch and waking it up and finding myself there. And I told myself then, I've got to find another way to make a living because I'm running, you know, 3,000 miles a week nonstop. And so I decided then I'd find something different, and the rest is history. Wow. Well, you've had an amazing life. I must say oh, that. Yeah. No. But it like, wasn't boring at all. No, no, but like you said, the Lord has blessed you, and he also there was a reason why you had to go through your trials and tribulations in the beginning of your life so that you can bring that awareness now as a grown man. And, and not only that, but have your children to be able to heal you, but also spread the word of what's going on in today's society, because it's gotten, in my opinion, it's gotten worse because, you know, back when you had, you had gone through your suffering it was hidden. Now, right. it's still out there, and it's ginormous out there because parents don't have that same... You don't have two parents in the household half the time. You're neglecting right. your kids more. And a lot of times, these kids are just, you know, they're, they're just... I, I don't know how to say, but mean. I mean, you have they go into schools and just shoot up all. And, and that, like you said, stems from a form of abuse that they've gone through, but they'll go into that school and they'll just murder all their classmates. And right. we have that going on now. We're back in the seventies and eighties. And you didn't see that near as much. There was different ways that these kids had these outlets. And it's, to me, it's progressing and it's getting more serious and more serious and more serious with these abuse situations, because not only are these kids being more vocal on, on being violent, but you also have to me, some of them like with the, with the child trafficking, I don't think you see, you don't, you didn't know of it more back in, in, the early seventies and the eighties, you didn't hear of it as much. Now you're hearing it. It's happening. And it's so large of, of a situation that people still aren't even able to get a handle on how bad it is. No. And then, you know, there's, there's information out there that talks about how bad it is and they're not even trying to cover it up anymore because they don't think the American public will believe it. And most of them won't. You don't hear about it in the mainstream media. They don't want to talk about it because uh, it, you know, like I say, it's considered our nation's shame and it's bad, but it's getting worse. I heard, and this was on the news in one of those stations, I don't remember what, said that child abuse since the pandemic has increased 78%. That's ginormous. I can, I can understand know, that. Uh, they're all being... They're not. Their their school was their outlet. They're yeah, away they, from it. They actually, he's right. I heard that statistic the other day, along with divorce and other things, because people are cooped right. up together, having to uh, try to put up with each other. It's it's a horrible thing to to even think about. Right. Exactly. Well, there's more starving children because what's happening is when they went to school, they are at least getting fed. Yeah. And, right. and that's that's a problem everywhere. I mean, we went hungry as kids, and I I hate to see kids go hungry. I've helped the regional food bank here in Oklahoma, uh, all, you know, and this is something me and my wife do all the time. We, we believe, we believe that you should help people and people that are struggling and, and their houses burning all that. We're always there to help, lend a helping hand because we know that they need help. And that's part of our responsibility. I believe is, as individuals in this country is to help each other because if we can't help each other, what good are we? Well, Jesus said, when you've done this to the least my brethren, you've done this to me. Building exactly. your treasures. Absolutely. So, exactly. So, uh, got a question for you. It's just, I have it written down here. You have 1,100, I, I, well, actually, I'd read on SafeStat 1,100 trucks. You say it's more like uh, under 1,000 uh, here and there, but the 
question I have for you is, have you ever had a case of child abuse in, the, in a truck? Have you had to literally get somebody out of your truck because they were, you got reports of, because uh, I'm wondering if, you know, some truck drivers, I, I, I would hate to think truck drivers are abusive, but you never know with uh, being cooped up in that truck. You know, uh, God has been on my side through this whole thing because I've never seen that happen with a truck driver. I've never seen it happen in public. I would hear people tell stories about it all the time. But if I, and, and God knows this, I believe that's why he kept me from it. If I saw somebody beating up their kid in a parking lot, I'd probably wind up beating them up. That's, I was thinking that same thing. If you would have came across someone that you've seen, it would probably be let uh, all the steam out on yeah, them. Yeah, a little, a little violent. Yeah. So, so how can we do our part? You know, in trucking general. I mean, how can we make a difference in trucking? I uh, is, is there anything beyond Attica and and uh, us putting some of your stuff up on our page? Uh, we do have a few followers on uh, our Facebook page. Uh, well, we need to try to help everybody out there you know, with that's trying to help children. But in, with Attica.org, or we're going to put billboards across this country that are going to tell people how bad it is because the mainstream media is not going to report it. In fact, there are 6 million cases reported every year. Only about half of those ever lead to an investigation. And then you come up with your number where actual cases, you know, they... A lot of them are pled out and all of that. You never hear about them, and they don't go into the right statistic category. So it's worse than the statistics even allow. But they claim out of those 6 million, there's that many or more that never get reported because in our case, we were afraid we were going to die if we said anything to anybody. So fear keeps that. And and I figured up one time probably half of the population in this country has dealt with some type of abuse in one way or another. Oh, I, I, I can, I can attest to that. Yes. So, so I'm looking here at Rodney's Rodney Tim's we have on the show here. I uh, just thought I'd mention it towards the end here. Um, we have uh, his website open uh, Attica, A-T-T-A-C-A dot org. And uh, Ruth Ann just pulled this up and, and showed it to me. It's a beautiful website. And uh, the, the uh, looks like he's, he's got admiring a, the Pete that's on it. He's got a, <laughs> a, got a big old Peterbilt. Looks like a, uh, looks like the face of a 377. I'm not sure if that's it's a, a 389. It is a 389. Okay. Right. So, everybody's truck number go. one, in case you're interested. <laughs> truck number one. I see that. I see that on there. Um, it's it's. Uh, but the side of the truck says Attica. It's got um, everything on here. Prevent child abuse. It's got the website. And then if you look below it, okay, um, it it shows the membership that we can help out by sponsoring $25 for an annual membership, $500 for a life lifetime membership, and I'm sure it all goes towards well, uh, the child abuse. And they're trying to get the billboards to post up, so that money helps right. going towards all that. So all you truck drivers right. out there, trucking companies, uh, all you people that are listening in here, let's join the fight uh, with Rodney Timms and uh, see if we can get a few pledges and uh, get more members on this uh, Attica uh, all, all, what is it, Ruth Ann? All truckers together. All together. truckers together against child abuse. Against child abuse. And another right. thing also, and I'm sure it would be the same thing with this, if you are a company and you want to do the donation of the lifetime membership, those types of donations generally are a tax write-off. So of not only yes, you... they are because we are a 501c3, so they can legitimately deduct it off their taxes. And we send them a real nice challenge coin and a decal that's got Attica on it. So it's quite incredible. And, and not only that, but these drivers, especially owner-operators, you become a... Even if you can only do the annual membership, that would be a write-off too for you for your taxes. So right, that's... Exactly. Any, and you know, it's 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 something that's wonderful. You're 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 gonna help promote not only the child abuse hotline, and you're also per, you know being a member of trying to keep kids safe, but you also can help put the billboards up to give that 
yeah, information I mean, out there. Look, guys, bottom line, open up your hearts and your pocketbooks at 25 bucks or 500 bucks. You trucking companies out there, $500, you guys eat lunch with something like that. My gosh, go on a diet for a day and donate to this cause. I'm telling you, this is a great cause. And Talk CDL is always happy to, to get involved with, with all these, these foundations that are out there helping uh, in, in every which way we can in a positive impact, Ruthann. I agree. We do. Ronnie, do you have any 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 last last advice or anything for truck drivers or children or anything? Do you have any closing words that you'd like to really get out there? And please do us a favor. Give us the names of your books. And uh, uh, Ruth Ann, you already gave the phone number for the Child Abuse Center. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll try to put that all in the show notes. Go ahead, Rodney. Well, the advice I give to uh, truck drivers is to join to help us you know, get the funds necessary to make all of this happen. And also, if they're struggling with anything, they need to find somebody to talk with, share that with, or even write it down. You know, I w here's kind of what I started uh, re leaning toward writing. If someone told me I need to write my dad a letter, and even though he's dead, just write the letter, and it empties that kind of out of you, and it's a start of how you can get it out of you. So take some time. If you're having to sit and wait somewhere, which I've always said trucking's the biggest game of hurry up and wait I've ever seen, is take that time to write stuff down, and it will start to ease the pain. So that being said, and if you notice kids that are going through what you went through, notify the authorities. Now, the books are Calling All Hearts, Contract Killer, and My Three Angels, and I have a new one coming out called No Reason to Believe. Well, Rodney, I tell you, Ruth Ann... Reads a book almost every night. I've never seen anybody wow. in my life read like if I've been, her and I are together 26 years and I swear to you, I don't remember a night that Ruth Ann was not reading herself to sleep. And she, so I'm sure she'll wow. be reading every one of your books. I already thought of Cool. Yeah. Uh, I hope she does because she'll get some serious insight. Oh, I'm definitely going to be, be ordering them. Yeah. And, and again, truck drivers, $25 for an annual uh, membership fee. Really not a whole lot of money to join. A great cause. I mean a great cause, honestly. And I gotta tell you something, truck drivers, you know what? We 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 brag about the fist pump, right? When one of those little right. kids are pumping their fist, we wanna blow that air horn. So, you know, you wanna even get a little deeper and help one that might be in trouble, you know, chip in and then when you see one of those billboards, guess what? Um, you'll know that you had a part in that billboard that you're running across for Attica. Right. Absolutely. Not Absolutely, only they're part of it. Not only do um, does Rodney have Attica as a regular website, which is attaca.org, you can also follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure Toxideal follows him. So perfect. Well, Rodney, we're about to wrap this show up. We've we've got you on here uh, coming up on an hour here. We really, truly, truly appreciate it. And you're always invited back if you've got a message you want to get out there. Uh, you know, uh, anything you want to talk about, you're obviously been in trucking for a long time and, and, uh, truly appreciate Ruth Ann's got a big smile on her face. What do you, what do you got a big smile about? Well, I, I, I clicked I shop tell. on his, on his website. Yeah. So, and the first thing that comes up is this big belt buckle. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and all I kept thinking of is the drivers that are out there in the Midwest that still wear the big butt belt, belt buckles. So I'm like, that is cool. <laughs> It's yeah. a nice belt buckle. Uh, that's kind of why I have those. But in, on our website, there's a truck driving scene on there with that big black key. And that's me actually driving the truck. Really? Can you see him? Yep. Uh, huh? Yeah. See, when my grandfather died, which was really because he was my mentor and taught me like so much about trucking, how to work on them. I mean, we were that was back in the cab over days. I'm sure you under, you remember all that. And, oh yeah. And uh, when he died, he had a drawer full of belt buckles and as a young man the belt buckle thing didn't mean a whole lot to me back then but now that i'm you know up in age myself guess what i i, I have such regret that i didn't ask my grandmother for those belt buckles because that was like 30 years ago you know and and right. to this day i wish i had some of my old belt buckles that he had uh man that's really touching when i think about it thanks for bringing uh, that i understand that completely well, they've got some really, I mean, they got dog tags, they've got the coins, they got license plates, they got yeah. hats, shirts. Um, some of these t-shirts, the hoodie's pretty cool, too. Yeah. So, I mean, they have... 
I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just the mugs, they have lots of interesting all items trucking, here. All trucking stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and we have a new uh T Bone was my dog as a kid and there's a whole story behind that, but we have T Bone dog dolls, plushies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kids and everybody we've given them, we've given them to a lot of kids, but everybody that's got one usually winds up sleeping with them because they snuggle with them. Yeah. Rodney, we're, if, if Louisville's going on this March, we're planning on being there. Are you, are you going to, you should set up a little booth for Attica. Well, uh, here's the deal. Uh, are you familiar with Taylor Barker? Uh, no. Okay. Taylor Barker is owner operator for Hennef, um, transportation and they have a big booth there and Taylor Barker is our national spokesperson and he has told us that he will uh Hennef will let us set up a booth inside of Hennef's booth at the Louisville show well that's nice which will save us a lot of money because those booths are pretty expensive right yeah we have media passes so we're going to be walking around interviewing people filming it so we'll definitely have to um when it starts getting closer make a hookup with uh your gentleman there your spokesperson and and him yeah Yeah. if you're if you're going to be able to plan on being in louisville me and my wife both good good we can all sit down and 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 have a coffee together and and sit and talk and meet i'd love to love to well, we're going to wrap this thing up. Any, like I said, any any last minute advice be, beyond what we've already talked about, uh, Rodney? No, just everybody needs to join because we're going to raise money through memberships and not try to have large corporate sponsors who want us to tell us how to run our charity. Uh, we want to run it for kids and for for trucking people, and you don't even have to be a trucker to join. Anybody can join it. Well, uh, the one thing that we've found through Talk CDL, a lot of people that are not truckers, they're like truckers' wives and, and even children of truckers. They are very caring and, and very much participate in messaging us and, and sending us stuff also. So, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't. I don't think it'll just be the actual truck drivers joining. I believe it'll be everybody. So... All right, Ruthanne, let's wrap this thing up. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us, Rodney, and um, you have yourself a blessed day. We're going to go ahead and cut you. Thank you you so much, Rodney. Rodney Timms. God bless you both. Thank you. Thank you. That was Rodney Timms from Western Flyer Express, the the, the actual founder. That was so cool, Ruthanne. That was so cool. I love when people contact us, but beyond trucking, you know what I mean? He wants to bring in some issues that as truck drivers, we could all be watching for, we might be going through, um, uh, you know, just because, look, we're truckers and we talk trucking, but there's issues in truckers' lives. And I'm sure there's some abused truckers. Well, there's Rodney Timms. He was an abused trucker as a child. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people right now, and we're going to get emails, you know, and, and if you've got something you want to get off your chest, you can write to Ruth Ann at ToxyDale.com. And by the way, uh, I should tell you, Ruth Ann is, does not have an E at the end. So if, if some people try to write it and put the E on there, you're never get, she's never going to see the email. I never thought of that, Ruth Ann. No, I've, I've, I know I've had that issue because I had one person send it to me and they didn't realize it. Right. So it's R-U-T-H-A-N-N at ToxyDL.com. Or you can write to me, Troy, at ToxyDL.com. And uh, if you want to come on the show, if you want to... Uh, send us a video if you want to, and, and, and we're still interviewing people that uh, for to join the show. Remember, we're going to be adding somebody to the show this year, hopefully this year yet, uh, that would you know call in. We want a truck driver, an active driver that's out on the road that will be able to call in and just give us a report and uh, let us, you know, weekly five minutes of maybe some cool stuff they've seen. And uh, uh, by all means, keep the emails coming. Ruthann, do we have anything else that we want to add to this show? Stay safe out there. Do you have a word of the day? I do. You do? Mm-hmm. What's the word of the day? And from Word Genius. Word Genius. We keep plugging Word Genius because I don't want Word Genius to go, hey, we never gave you permission to give mm-hmm. up our name out there. But but honestly, I'm, I'm hoping that people are actually probably, what is it, an app, Word Genius? Um, yeah, well, what it was, I, I don't even know for sure how I even got it, but somehow I went to somewhere or got something and... You sign up for it. And they send you a, a, in, a word every day. In my email, I get a word every day. And then there would be times where, like, I'll get the cinnamons and antonyms of words or 
Um, but more importantly, you yeah. get like some new word to learn that we've yeah. never, because oh, 99% of every word that you've come up with so far, uh, I actually have never heard of. I still think of the word semi-acophobia. Which you, I don't think you got that. I off didn't get that you, from there. No. That's and, and and just in case we haven't said that word in a long time, semi-acophobia is the fear that people have of actually passing a tractor trailer on on a highway or an interstate. Right. So and it's called semi-acophobia, which is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and ToxyDL, we have pushed that word. <laughs> so, anyways, what do we got, Ruthann? Let me turn up your mic here so that we can. Um, go ahead. Confabulate. 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 C O N. C O N F A B U L A T E. Confabulate. Confabulate. Yes. So, what does confabulate mean? Can we use it in trucking? Yeah, you can use it in every day. Go ahead. What is it? Engage in conversation. Oh my gosh! On the CB, we confabulate. That is so cool. C- confabulate. Engage in conversation, talk, or in psychiatry, it's to fabricate imaginary experiences as compensation for loss of memory. So you make something up if you can't remember it. Ruthann, you're good at confabulating. If you don't remember it, you still could tell us about it. <laughs> He's such a <laughs> jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but on the CB, for next time you guys confabulate, keep it clean, guys. Keep your confabulating clean. Okay, uh, out there on the CB. Not all you guys have a clean mouth on the CB. I just want to point that out. 99% of you do. There's always that one clown that wants to run his mouth and start fights with everybody when he's confabulating. Ruthann, do we have anything else? Aside from me beating you? No. No, We're good. Let's go. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.